What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sean Jones NBA Show. Uh, today, we're going to be previewing the Eastern Conference after, on the last podcast, we previewed the Western Conference. So, uh, same format on this one. We're going to be going 1 through 15 through each seed. Uh, the record I think each team will have, their ceiling and floor, and reasons to be optimistic and pessimistic for each team. Um, And then at the end, I'll wrap it up with my playoff predictions. I know I already gave my Western Conference playoff predictions, but I will kind of tie the bow on that by addressing who I think will play the Clippers in the finals and who will win that matchup. So um, with that, let's get into it. So if you listen to my uh, podcast with my 10 unpopular opinions for the upcoming season, then you would know that I not only think the 76ers will have the number one seed in the East, but will have the number one seed in the entire NBA. So I have them going 58 and 24 and being the top seed in the East. I'm not going to go as in-depth on them as I went on uh, that podcast, but I will highlight some of the main factors that um, went into my prediction for having them at the top. First of all, I did really like a lot of their offseason moves. Um, I think signing P.J. Tucker is a... I mean, we've seen him bounce around from contender to contender. Everywhere he goes, um, it, it seems to go well. I mean, he's made uh, the, at least the second round in the last six seasons across four different teams and he's made the conference finals in three of the last five seasons on three different teams. So I also think he brings a level of toughness to this team that they haven't really had since they lost Jimmy Butler back in 2019. Um, additionally, they signed Montrez Harrell, who obviously is, he's nothing special in the playoffs. He's probably not going to play a big role. We've seen him be a huge defensive liability um, in that scenario, but he's been a very good regular season player over the past few years. Um, he did win six man of the year a few years ago, um, and he continues to be a reliable scorer off the bench. Um, we don't see a lot of big guys or centers come in and be instant offense like he is. I think he's going to mesh very well with the guards they have, and he's a great pick and roll combo for uh, any guard who has uh, ball handling as a skill, particularly in the pick and roll. So I also think he's good insurance for Embiid, uh, in the regular season at least, um, just because he can provide some scoring. Um, the centers they've had in the past few years between Drummond, Dwight Howard, etc. These guys are really rim runners, super limited on offense. Probably better defenders than Harrell, but I do think they've got um, a good defensive infrastructure here anyway, so even without... Um, or with him being a little bit of a liability on that end, I think they might be able to overcome it. As we can assume, Embiid's going to miss at least a little bit of time as he has over the last few seasons. Um, a few other moves they made, they traded Danny Green, who was going to be injured the whole year anyway, hadn't played particularly well for them over the past few seasons, for DeAnthony Melton, which I think is a big upgrade just in terms of uh, what they bring Uh, or just their style of play. Uh, Danny Green is a a very useful player, but he wasn't going to be playing anyway. So DeAnthony Melton brings a lot more uh, ball handling. Um, He's a good defender, uh, as Green is, and he's also a good shooter. Probably not as uh, good of a shooter as Green, but Green was still pretty inconsistent, but um, when he was on, he was certainly on. But Melton's proven to be a at least relatively good shooter. And he obviously is a good defender, as we saw uh, the past few years on Memphis. And we've seen him contribute to a winning situation before. Um, He's also much younger, and so I think he's going to fit in well with this team. 
Um, good insurance for Maxi or Harden. I think he can play with either of those guys. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they even rolled out a three-guard lineup at some point and with Harden sort of playing the the three defensively, but uh, more of the one offensively with those lineups. So uh, Next, I am very excited to see Harden have a full offseason with the team and actually <laughs> seem like he's interested in playing for that team. <laughs> uh, he appears to be in really good shape. Um, he's certainly not going to be what he was uh, in Houston ever again, but... Uh, even if we could see the early Brooklyn version of him when he first got traded, he put up 25-9-8 and eight on a career high in field goal percentage in his post-Oklahoma City career at 47%. Um, I don't know if he's... He's probably not going to replicate that, but if he can have the same sort of style of play where he's a little bit more pass first, obviously I don't think he's going to be the first option on this team, and Bede will be, but I think he's okay with that at this point. Um, he's saying all the right things. He appears to finally be all in and happy. He's called out that he um, <laughs> didn't get a lot of respect for taking a, a pay cut, which he definitely did, which is something that we haven't seen him do in the past. So I think that that move kind of indicates that he's really is dedicated to winning. Um, he looks like he's um, in shape, like I said. So um, that's not really something we've been able to say over the past few seasons. Plus just another... Going through an entire training camp and getting reps with some of these guys is going to uh, pay off uh, in the end, I think, with him. Also, I think Maxi should only continue to improve. Um, while I'm certainly not as high on Maxi as some people are just because of his defense and size, um, I think at the end of the day, he's kind of a he's point guard size. So on defense, he should be playing point guard. But on offense, he plays more like a shooting guard. He's not really a, a facilitator, and he's more score first, um, good catch-and-shoot guy. But... Um, I think that works really well next to Harden because Harden's kind of the opposite, but in a complimentary way. He's a, a one on offense, but a, can guard twos on defense. So I think on defense, uh, Maxi will be the one, Harden will be the two, but then on offense, Harden will be the one, Maxi will be the two. So I do think that they um, complement each other very well just in that way. Neither of them are uh, particularly good defenders. Um, Harden has shown that he can actually be a pretty good individual defender when he's engaged, but um, I think he kind of zones out on um, rotations at times and can be a little lazy. So, whereas Maxi's maybe um, he's just a little undersized. So I, I he's got some of the skill set to be able to do it, but it's tough when he's having to guard bigger players most of the time. Um, I would like to see Maxi replicate his three point percentage. He went uh, he was forty three percent last year after going thirty percent the year before which is obviously a huge jump up. I think it's going to end up somewhere in the middle this year, but even if he can stay in that 38% range, I think they're going to be just fine uh, with him and with spreading the floor with this uh, starting lineup. Um, additionally, I mean, Embiid just at the peak of his powers. He's been second to MVP voting the past two seasons, and he probably would have won one if he hadn't gotten hurt two years ago. Um, and yeah, he, <laughs> I mean... He's a top five, six player in the league, and uh, rightfully so. I think he uh, has as good a chance of anyone to win MVP this year. I actually am picking him as my MVP um, just because I have the Sixers um, pretty easily getting the one seed. And so if he plays enough games, I think that'll be good enough for him to finally, finally get that MVP. I also think they're not really as under the spotlight as they've been in past seasons, and they don't really have the same level of pressure to win right now. Just because 
Um, over the last few years, I mean, the whole Ben Simmons saga last year speaks for itself. They were kind of a shit show for um, most of the offseason last year and even going into the season, just a lot of drama. Um, choking to the Hawks was really bad. So um, they've also lost the teams in the past that they probably should have beat from a talent perspective. I mean, they beat, they lost to the Celtics in 2018 when Kyrie wasn't playing. Um, I think Al Horford is probably the best player on that team. That was Jason Tatum's rookie season, so he was certainly not what he is now and a pretty inconsistent player overall. But um, I feel like they're flying a little bit under the radar this year. I think the Bucks and the Celtics are most people's favorites in the East, so I think that's going to bode well for them. They have a lot of guys that do a little better when there's less pressure, <laughs> particularly James Harden and then Doc Rivers, the coach. I mean, both of them, too, have had um, <laughs> questionable uh, performances when the pressure is on. So I think uh, flying under the radar will be good for them and they'll be able to get in a group pretty early in the season. And then from there, um, I think they'll be smooth sailing to, to finish out the year well. Um, when we get to the playoffs, um, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say they're the favorite to make the finals. Um, but in terms of their ceiling, um, I think they probably could make the finals. I think that's their ceiling. Could they win? I, they honestly, I do think they could win the finals. I, I'm not, I'm not going to predict that, um, and I don't. I wouldn't say it's likely. I think making the finals is possible. I think they have as good a chance to make the finals as probably anyone in the East. But um, I also think their floor is like pretty low. Um, I could see them. I mean, they're the Sixers. <laughs> They've had some struggles over the past few years, just when they shouldn't have, based on their talent. So. Would I be surprised if they were a five or six seed? Probably not. If they got some injuries a little bit sprinkled in there, I anticipate Embiid missing some time, like I said. Um, and then as far as playoff goes, would I be absolutely shocked at the last first round? Probably not. I wouldn't expect that. So I would say a more realistic floor is a second round loss um, with a realistic ceiling being uh, finals or at least finally making the Eastern Conference finals, which they have not been able to do during the Embiid era. Up next with the two seed in the East, I've got the, <laughs> I'm falling for it again, the Brooklyn Nets at 54 and 28. Similarly to the Lakers, this is just such a polarizing team to try to predict. Um, their talent levels over the past few years have been ridiculous. The performances have been underwhelming. Some of that due to injury, a lot of that due to just internal issues that they've had, not only with um, players, but um, the front office, coaching, whatever. Yeah, they've had a lot of stuff going on. Um, obviously, I don't need to get into their whole offseason with Durant asking out and Kyrie looking like he was out the door. And then not to mention they traded for Ben Simmons, who has been one of the more controversial and polarizing players over the last year or so as well. So. Their top three certainly comes with a lot of baggage. However, they just got so much talent, man. I mean, if Durant can play 65 games and Kyrie can play 65 games and Simmons can... I mean, Simmons has been a pretty durable player in his career, so if he can play his normal number, then that's just a lot of talent to put out there every night. They also had a lot of really good additions. Um our, the Royce O'Neal pickup was good. I really like the TJ Warren addition as well. Um, they got him for super cheap, but the last time we saw him, he was lighting it up in the bubble. I do think he played a little bit after that, but it was very uh, small sample size. But um, if he can come back at least 
mostly what he was before. He's going to be a great guy off the bench. Not to mention Joe Harris coming back from injury. Nick Claxton should continue to make strides as a good rim running center. And then they've got shooting galore. I mean, Irving, Harris, Durant, Mills, Seth Curry. I mean, that, that top five is... <laughs> you'd be hard-pressed to find a team with five better shooters on their team, and that's not even to get into Rose O'Neal, who's, who's a respectable shooter. TJ Warren can shoot a little bit, but that's why I think it's going to be a good fit with Simmons because they've got so many, so many shooters around him, so he won't have the pressure to shoot. And additionally, he is one of the best in the league, if not the best, at finding open shooters. Um, I think he led the the NBA in that for over a three-year span of just finding uh, or assisted three-pointers. So he's going to have no shortage of opportunity to continue that. Uh, also, I think the Nets' uh, real Achilles heel, even when they've been healthy over the last few years, has been their defense. They've been bad to questionable. Um, depends on the season. They've had a couple different iterations of this team. But Simmons is... We can't forget, I mean, he was in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. He arguably could have won it over Gobert two years ago. He is exactly what they need um, to make this team finally click. Also, I really like the idea of playing him as a center, small ball five. He could be a rich man's Draymond Green, honestly. I mean, he's probably a better passer than Draymond. Um, he's probably... Well, I don't want to say better defender. They're pretty comparable. I think Draymond's a little more versatile, but Simmons is certainly in the conversation. They're both extremely good defenders. Um, Simmons can handle the ball a little bit better. Um, they're both pretty much non-factors uh, shooting-wise. But yeah, I think Simmons could have a really solid year. I don't think he's going to put necessarily his best statistical season up, but I think as far as contributing to winning, he's finally in a situation where he's got less pressure. He was really the number two option on offense in Philly. And now he's going to be at, at best the third option. Um, some nights they'll have hot shooters and he probably could even slide down to that fourth option. So I think his scoring will go down, but I think his um, assists will stay steady with what they have been. Um, and then I also think he's going to have a huge defensive impact on this team. In terms of pass, uh, reasons to be pessimistic, I don't know if I even really need to say it. I mean, they had a pretty disastrous off season other than outside of like actual transactions because <laughs> if you just looked on paper at who they added and who they lost you'd say oh it was a good off season but obviously they had one of if not the most hectic off seasons of any team in the nba their best player has to be traded um probably still wouldn't mind be trading being traded but um he's aware that there's just not really a good fit right now based on what the nets were getting offer wise um, and he's aware of that. I mean, he said it at media day that he gets it. He's really good, and they're not going to trade him for a package that isn't also really good. Kyrie Irving also is in a contract season. I know he's been one of the flakiest players in the NBA over the past few years between um, just being injury-prone and then the whole um, refusing to get vaccinated um, last season. So, and not that's not even to mention <laughs> when he just, like, took time off for personal reasons uh, and didn't specify anything so i think that he'd probably be a little bit more motivated this year just because it is a contract year i think he's aware that if he i mean if he played 40 games again this year i think he's going to lose some money for agency but i think he's also aware that if he plays 70 games and um plays to the level he's capable of he's going to get a big payday and someone's going to want to add him just off talent alone so um 
Again, outside of Simmons, I question this team's defense a little bit. Kyrie's a subpar defender. Joe Harris is a bad defender. Durant can be a fine. He was a good defender, but he's declined a little bit on that end post-injury, and I don't think they really want him guarding the other team's best player. Patty Mills, huge liability on defense. Curry, liability on defense. Royce O'Neal is decent. Um, TJ Warren is not been phenomenal on that end either. So they've got really a lot of bad defenders other than Simmons. I think Simmons is going to be able to cover up for a good portion of that, but I wouldn't say that um, he can cover up for all of it. So I think defense could be an issue potentially, um, but their offense could also be so good where it doesn't even matter. So Also, they're injury-prone guys on this team. Irving has gotten injured a ton. Durant's gotten injured. Durant's played 90 games in three seasons. Um which is it's just awful, obviously. Hasn't played 50 games in, in, since four years ago, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, as far as their ceiling, I mean, if this if they're really all bought in, they have the talent to win it all. So, I mean, I would say their ceiling is champ, uh, NBA champs. But I think that there's too many things that probably could go wrong where – I don't necessarily think that that's... Uh, I think it's a little optimistic to think that they will win it, um, just given the offseason they had, and they were only the seventh seed last season. But, um, yeah, in terms of their floor, I mean, it could be a just total disaster, this team. It's it's like the Lakers, like I said. They've got as much talent as anyone, but they've also got the potentially the most turmoil of anyone. I mean, if they get off to a slow start, and then Durant is like get me the hell out of here again and kick it bad and then Kyrie might be disengaged and he wants out and he's an expiring contract so they might feel inclined to trade him because they don't want to re-sign him um if Simmons honestly no I'm not worried about Simmons he'll be fine um but like I said they could be bad on defense as well not to mention I am very very out on Steve Nash I think he's a bad coach I think he just sits on the sideline and watches um (laughs) even when they're struggling so I'm, I'm not a fan. I think if they really want to reach their peak, they need to probably get a better coach. Um, but yeah, I think that their floor realistically is they could lose first round. They could be a playing team again, um, just like they were this year, just based on potential for injuries and guys to be unhappy overall. Up next, we have the Milwaukee Bucks at the three seed. I have them going 53-29. and 29. Um Pretty similar record to they had last year. I believe they had 51 wins. Um, they were also the three seed last season. Um, in terms of how they adjusted the roster, they didn't have a lot of turnover. Um, I actually, I think that I saw that they had the least turnover of any team from last season. They added Joe Ingles, but pretty much retained everybody else. Um, their starting lineup should still be Drew Holiday, probably Grayson Allen, I think, at the two. And then Middleton, when he comes back, I know he might miss the start of the season. And then Giannis and Brooke Lopez. For the bench, they've got um, some combo of Javon Carter and George Hill at the, at the point guard. And then Pat Connaughton, Joe Ingles, Bobby Portis, and Serge Ibaka. So reasons for optimism. I mean, this team did win the championship two years ago, and there is certainly an argument to be made. Um, that they could have won it last year if Middleton hadn't got hurt. I think him being out made a huge difference, not only in terms of just having to replace those points, but um, the Middleton and Giannis pick and roll is one of their go-to um, offensive sets that they then uh, were, un- won- were unable to run. Not to mention that um, Giannis just is that much easier to guard when 
you don't have that off-the-dribble scoring threat um, that Middleton imposes by being on the floor. Holiday has a little bit of that, but he's certainly not the off-the-dribble shooter that Middleton is. Um, he's pretty good inside and can't catch and shoot, but we've also seen him be probably one of the most inconsistent um, playoff performers over the past few years anyway. Um, he's had some great games, but he's also had uh, certainly had his shooting struggles. Um, they should have Brooke Lopez back healthy for the full season this year, barring another injury. Um, and I really like the Joe Ingles pickup. I think he's going to miss the start of the season as well, but I think he is such an upgrade. I mean, they're going to always have the Holiday Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez four, and they've kind of rotated a fifth guy. Um, they had P.J. Tucker back when they won it all. They had Grayson Allen last year. They've put Bobby Portis in with that group a bit to go kind of jumbo-sized lineup, but Connaughton has also filled that gap a bit um, with DiVincenzo, who was out last year, but he was there as well. But I think Joe Ingles, uh, if he's healthy and playing how he was in Utah, is probably the best best version of any player they've had there. Um Aside from maybe P.J. Tucker, because he brings so much uh, defense and toughness and uh, good rebounding uh, for his size to, to the lineup. But obviously, they when they had him, they won the whole thing. So he was certainly good enough. But Ingles brings uh, just a different dynamic in terms of uh, playmaking and passing. He's really good at that for his size. He's also one of the better shooters in the league. I think uh, a few years ago when they had the one seed, he was leading the league in three-point percentage. I know he's certainly getting up there in age, so and he's coming off an injury. So there's definitely a chance that he comes back and isn't the same, but I really liked that pickup. I thought he was going to be probably one of the bigger steals for any team that um, did end up signing him, and so I think good pickup for the Bucks overall. Also, Giannis is just the best player in the world right now, in my opinion, and I think most people would agree him alone gives you such a high, I mean, a high ceiling and a high floor. Um, like, in terms of their floor, last season I think was their floor. Losing second round in a tough seven-game series to uh, a team when they were undermanned. I mean, I, I don't see a scenario in which they're losing first round this season. Um, and I'd be hard-pressed to think that they're going to lose second round either. I think it would take something like an injury um, as well so uh, for their ceiling I think uh, NBA champions I think that they are set up as well as anyone to win it this year um, I think I think they should probably be the favorites in the east I know they're currently not but um, I don't know how you could watch that Celtics Bucks ser series and think that with Middleton back that the Celtics should be favored over them especially with the injuries they have as well um, it took them seven games to just narrowly beat them. I know Game 7 was a blowout, but Game 6 was certainly very close. The Bucks were up 3-2 with a chance to win on their home court without um, their second-best player. And it took the game of a lifetime from Jason Tatum just to force Game 7, and then the game of a lifetime from Grant Williams to uh, win Game 7. And that was a weird Giannis game. He did not play well in Game 7, was missing a lot of shots that he normally makes from very close in. So... Um, in terms of reasons for pessimism, I mean, Middleton being hurt going in season isn't great. They could get off to a slightly slower start, and then um, their bench is a little older, I would say. Abaka's pretty old. Ingles is pretty old. George Hill is very old. Um, Portis and Connaughton aren't, like, super young, for example. So, um, And then Brooke Lopez is getting up there. So they've got a lot of age, which obviously um, potential lack of durability comes with age. So... 
But other than that, I'm not really sure what um, pessimism there would be for this team. Um, they're solid defensively. They've got the probably the best player in the league. They've got um, other good supporting cast around them with uh, two players that have made all-stars, um, one being a multi-time all-star and good role players. They've got a um, pretty decent coach, I think, but is not anything. He, I wouldn't put him in the top tier of coaches, but he certainly is a good coach. Um, and yeah, this team has also been together for a f- four, five years now. I mean, they've had mostly the same starting line. I guess Holiday was acquired uh, only two years ago, but they've had three three years in a row now with um, really the same core four guys and a lot of the same role players as two or two. So they. Um, they've got the continuity and familiarity as well. So, like I said, for their ceiling, I think NBA champs, and then for their floor, probably second round loss. But um, it would have to probably be a weird matchup thing or an injury for them to even lose there. I would I would be pretty surprised if they didn't make West or the Eastern Conference Finals um, unless something like that did happen. So next at number four um, in the East, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, at 15 32 I kind of really like this Cavs team I think they're still probably a year or two away from being true contenders but I think they're set up really well to do well in the regular season obviously their biggest addition was Donovan Mitchell um, they also retained Ricky Rubio and then outside of that they kind of just uh, ran it back with mostly the same guys they still have uh, Garland, Lavert, Mobley, and Allen to round out their starting five. And then off the bench, along with Rubio, they've got Chetty Osman, Isaac Okoro, Dean Wade, and Kevin Love. I think they signed Robin Lopez as well. I don't anticipate him getting um, big-time minutes on this team. So, But yeah, I think that there's a ton of um, room for internal improvement on this team. I think Mobley could be an all-star as early as this season. Um, I know he did get a little banged up during training camp so he hasn't had a chance to play in the preseason yet so we'll see when he's able to play um which could slow him slow him down a little bit going into the year but he's going to be really good i mean i think he was averaging about 15 and 8 as a rookie with really good defense and he showed good passing ability he wasn't necessarily a good three-point shooter or mid-range shooter but he at least showed potential to um expand that part of his game at some point in his career so He's also a true seven feet, and he's only going to bulk up more. He's still a little skinny, but it's not like he's uh, uh, he's not Chet Holmgren skinny, for example. But I think he's going to be really good. I think that um, Garland had a phenomenal season last year as well. was really impressed with the way he was able to evolve um, and expand his game. Made the all-star team last year for the first time. Um, upped his efficiency, um, upped his playmaking and assist totals, upped his scoring. Um, he's just really solid. And um, a big reason why this team maybe struggled a little bit down the stretch last year, um, aside from injuries, obviously, they were really in the playoffs the, the whole season until the very end because of injuries. But um, when it got late in games, they didn't have a lot of guys that could get their own shot, uh, make a play for someone other than Garland. So kind of turned into him dribbling around um, with not much to work with. But that's where I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be huge for this team. Um, Mitchell has... Um, I think fairly taken a lot of hate over the last few years. However, I do think that we don't need to go too far on that. He's still probably a top 25 player, and he's never not been a top six seed in the West. 
Um, and I think he's been a top four or five seed for most years in his career. And that's on a team that I don't even know who their next best offensive player was throughout his career. It was either Mike Conley, um, Bojan Bogdanovic. I mean, <laughs> certainly no one spectacular. I think Garland is miles ahead of any of them going into this year. I think Mobley could even be better than any of those guys on defense. And he's had the luxury of playing with Rudy Gobert on the defensive end. And I think Jared Allen does a lot of the things Rudy Gobert does. He is not as good as Rudy Gobert. It's not what I'm getting at. But he um, is a light version of him. He can replicate a lot of the things that he does. So with Mitchell and a light Rudy Gobert with this supporting cast, I think is instantly going to be um, a really, really good team. And people forget they did win 44 games last year. Um, so I have him at 50 this year. I think Donovan Mitchell's got to be worth at least five games um, from last year. And in terms of the players they give up for him, I mean, Sexton didn't play all year, and they probably were better without him. And then, um, so <laughs> he was really just like marketing for Mitchell, which marketing was always a weird fit anyway. Um, I think they honestly just signed him so they could have the asset because he was going for cheap based on his market. But I also I also kind of like their bench a lot. Ricky Rubio was really great for this team. He's been a um, average to below average starting point guard for a while, but last year was his first uh, time as or I guess two years ago, but last year was his first time really thriving in a bench role. Um, but he's instantly one of the better backup point guards. I mean, um, there's not a lot of point guards that have as good of a um, playmaking and uh, passing abilities. Him, he's really a true floor general out there. A, kind of throwback point guard there's not a ton of those left um but he does that really well his shot has also gotten much better over his career he's still probably a best and average shooter but it's, he's not a liability there but and then if they can get really anything out of okoro or osman that'll be a big win for them and then kevin love had a great year last year he was a finalist for the sixth man of the year um sort of a renaissance year for him now that they were actually pretty decent again. <laughs> um, I think he was just tired of losing, so he wasn't putting in the, the full effort that he has in the past, obviously. But he's as good of a backup big as you're going to have. He's a really good rebounder, great shooter for his size, and then um, not a great defender, but certainly not a liability. Um, and then Karis LeVert is a fine player. I kind of think they'd be better off bringing him off the bench with some instant offense and then starting a coro or something like that for defensive purposes but we'll see what the lineup ends up with um i also think they've got flexibility with lavert and love as expiring contracts those could potentially be appealing to a team although they don't have a lot of uh, picks to move after the mitchell trade in terms of reasons for pessimism um while they do have two really good defensive players in their front court their back court could have some defensive issues mitchell has not looked engaged on that end over the past few years. Um, and in the playoffs last year in particular, he looked just totally indifferent and didn't look like he had any interest in trying on that end of the ball. And then Garland is definitely a bit of a liability there. So um, there's a little bit of concern with that. And then especially if they're playing Levert, he's certainly not a good defender either. Um, but... Um, they should have the front court guys to be able to clean up a little bit of that with Mobley and Allen. Um, and then who knows, like I said, they, they might end up making a move uh, for more defensive-minded guard. And then um, they still would be a pretty uh, attractive destination for anyone, like any buyout candidates. So in terms of their ceiling, I'm going to say Eastern Conference Finals. I do not think they're finals ready quite yet. 
Um, I don't think they're that far off, uh, especially if they sign uh, a good player in the offseason next year. But um, I think they – I have them as the four seed, so um, there's a good chance they'd be favored in the first round. And then second round, I think they could potentially knock off a team that is maybe better than them on paper. I think it's possible, but I don't see them doing that two times. So I, I'll say conference finals as their ceiling. And then their floor, I mean, they certainly – uh, the East is a lot tougher this year in terms of just depth. So could I see them getting seven or eight seed or being a playing team? Yeah, I could. Um, I certainly think they could be a playing team. I'd be pretty surprised if they didn't make the playoffs, but um, I think playing team is their floor, and then losing first round probably would follow with that. So, so up next at number five, we have the Miami Heat with a 48-34 and 34 record. Um, they were the one seed last year. Um, in the East, but it's not like they had some insane win total or anything. I believe they were at um, 53 games, which is pretty respectable, um, but obviously nothing spectacular. They bring back largely the same team. They did lose P.J. Tucker um, to the 76ers, um, and they didn't really add anybody of significance, I would say, um, but they were pretty deep team last year anyway, so I don't think that's going to be like a major thing. I think they lost Markeith Morris as well, but again, he wasn't healthy down the stretch for them anyway. And they were honestly one of the more injured teams in the whole league last year, yet they still were able to get the one seed. They had a lot of um, not super high-profile players step up. I expect Tyler Hero to probably start this year, especially after getting his extension. So their backcourt is probably going to be him and Lowry, and then... Jimmy Butler, uh, obviously starting, and then Bam Adebayo. And then I do have question marks for who their fifth starter is. Um, I've seen in preseason they've rotated some guys. I know that um, they even did like a twin tower, like Omer Yurt 7 next to um, Adebayo. I think Caleb Martin could start some games. Max Struess might start some. Duncan Robinson might start some. Um, they could go a lot of ways. They've got a lot of guys that they can plug and play, so... Um, I would probably go Duncan Robinson just for shooting purposes and size, although I know he is a bit of a liability. But um, it is interesting. They don't have a lot of guys that are true fours. They've got uh, Bam and Geert 7 who are centers, and then a lot of uh, threes and uh, guards. So I'm not sure how that will end up. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a uh, move at some point. I know they've been rumored with Jay Crowder. Um he obviously was a, a very good fit for this team a few years ago when they made the, their finals run. But off the bench, uh, they should have Gabe Vincent, Victor Oladipo, Max Struess, Caleb Martin, and Yurt Seven, as I mentioned. Um, reasons for optimism, they, they were the one seed last year, even with a lot of injuries. So uh, there's no reason to think that they can't um, at least replicate their win total if guys stay even more healthy or if people really or if anyone takes a step up like if Harrow is a little bit more consistent if Lowry stays more healthy Butler's um, Butler and Bam both have been pretty injured over the last few years so at, if at full strength uh, on paper they should be um, a better team win total wise I have them falling a little bit back just because the east is a little tougher and I'm um, I'm sure some of their guys will still miss some time. Butler hasn't been very durable, and then Lowry's getting up there in age. I believe he's 36 or 37 at this point. So, uh, Additionally, Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the league, if not the best coach. Um, I believe he won best coach on the NBA GM poll, anonymous, or anonymous GM poll. And Yeah, I, w I wouldn't argue that uh, or argue against it. He He's had this team 
I mean, just think about the last three years. It's not like they've had the most talent in the world. Um, Jimmy Butler certainly. I don't think anyone would call him a uh, consensus top ten player. And then there's their second best player has been Bam, who's not even really a huge offensive threat on most nights. So, but they made the finals. They were uh, one Jimmy Butler pull up three away from making the finals last year. So they've been right there, um, been as competitive as anyone over the last few seasons. I know they had a down year two years ago, but um, yeah, they, they have a solid team. Obviously, heat culture is definitely a thing, um, and Spolstra is a huge part of that as well. So in terms of reasons for pessimism, like I said, they've got some older, um, less durable players. Um, I also think a lot of their role guys, while a lot of them did have good years last year, they're still unproven. Gabe Vincent and Max Struess kind of came out of nowhere. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some regression there. We've, we see that sometimes from players who are, um, especially when they kind of have those breakout years a little later in their career. It's not like these guys are like straight out of college rookies or anything. Um, but the Heat have had a, they've been able to find guys. Um, Kendrick Nunn was undrafted. Duncan Robinson, both those guys were a little older. But, I mean, we did see Duncan Robinson um regress a little bit last year so like i said i wouldn't be surprised if that happens with those guys and, and i do think if that's the case then their depth is going to take a hit and i i think they could struggle a little bit just because i'm not sure they have the um i think after their top four guys there's a pretty big drop off um, unless oladipo or something can have a renaissance here but i think he's just is what he is at this point he's a not what he was on defense and he's inefficient on offense so um, but overall, I think this is still a pretty solid team. I think their ceiling is, um, I mean, they were the one seed last year. Wouldn't be shocked if they were one of the top seeds again this year. Um, I do not really think they have a finals roster right now with how good the East looks. So I would say their ceilings may Western Conference finals again like last year. Um, but I would still probably pick them to lose second round if I had to. Um, and then their floor, they certainly could be the five or six seed and then lose first round against a, a stronger opponent. So um, don't think that's off the table. I'd be a little surprised if they made the plan. Um, I think it's, I mean, if they're like the seven seed, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked, but um, I just think with Spolstra and um, Pat Riley's probably going to make a move at some point, um, given that they haven't really added anybody and that's pretty rare for him. So um yeah, I think first round exit is probably their floor. And like I said, probably uh, conference finals would be their ceiling. Next, we have the Boston Celtics at 48 and 34 at the sixth seed. So I know this is way lower than most people are probably going to have this team. They are currently the favorites to not only win the NBA championship, but they have the highest over under total across any team in the NBA. So um, in terms of how the team looks different from last year, they added Malcolm Brogdon um, as a, I think, probably going to come off the bench, um, which is a really nice addition for them. Um, they also lost, uh, well, they signed <laughs> uh, Danilo Gallinari, but then he um, is injured now. So I guess they didn't really lose him, but the idea of having him is still there. Uh, but they didn't really lose anybody else, and they didn't really add anybody else. They um Mostly have the same roster running it back, although Robert Williams is expected to miss a big chunk of the season, though that is not atypical for him as he is one of the more injury-prone players across the entire league. So in terms of reasons for optimism, um, this team, 
made the finals last year, and they were the number two seed. Um, they won 51 games. So um, they got a lot to be optimistic about. I mean, Jason Tatum is a budding superstar, made first-team All-NBA last year, definitely took a leap. Um, we saw him at times in the playoffs look like he could be one of the best players in the world. Um, Jalen Brown also probably had his best, most consistent season. I know he made an All-Star game previously and didn't last year, but I think that was because their record just wasn't very good at the All-Star break last year But because they really took stride after that. But yeah, Brown was really impressive, especially in the playoffs. He um, at times looked better than Tatum. I mean, he was more consistent, I would say. Um, he wasn't scared of the moment, and he's certainly not shy and is going to go get his shots when he can get them. And he's obviously still a very good defender. Additionally, they had some guys last year that um, played probably a lot better than they expected between Marcus Smart, who um, was mostly viewed as a middling role player, kind of a enigma on a team, but uh, did a lot of things well, but a lot of things that made you scratch your head. But last year he was a little bit more consistent. Um was playing point guard uh, full-time for the first time and played, did it pretty well. Um, he's still a really good passer. He won Defensive Player of the Year, so obviously had a phenomenal year on that end of the ball. And then a lot of their uh, bench guys stepped up. Um, Derek White was a nice addition for them at times. was a little inconsistent, but still helped his team overall. Grant Williams, um, I mean, he literally won them a Game 7 playoff game, so that's all you really need to say about him. And then... Al Horford, I mean, he, I'm sure when they traded for him, it, they didn't expect to get everything they got out of him. He's getting quite old at this point. He's like 36, 37. Um, and he really, probably not as consistent as he was in his first in Boston, but he showed all the flashes of what he was before, um, which was a really good defender, sorry, really good player, a versatile defender. Um, he's as good at knocking down threes as he's ever been good passer for his size can play the four or the five um and then robert williams had his best season ever um still not blowing um hit the stats out of the water i think he averaged like 10 and 9 or 10 and 10 basically but still by far his best season he was extremely impressive on defense particularly um and in the playoffs made a huge difference on that end and yeah i mean this team as a whole defensively was a juggernaut especially towards the latter half of the season so terms of the reasons for pessimism i do think there's kind of a lot um which is why i have them at the sixth seed and i do want to preface that i know i have them as as the sixth seed but i have them going 48 and 34 so i just think the east is going to be improved last year uh, from last year they only won 50 games 51 games last year so i only have them dropping three games less so it's not like i know they're going from two seed to six seed in this projection but it's not like i have them being drastically worse i mean i have them going three games worse um and then just other teams elevating a little bit compared to last year not to mention that um there was a three-way tie for the um two seed last year at 51 wins so they were the two seed though it was via tiebreaker they could have easily been the four seed in which case this would be less of a drop off as well but in terms of reasons why i am picking them to drop off a little bit i mean the coaching thing can't be ignored uh, Ime Yudoka was phenomenal for this team last year. So I'm definitely a little bit concerned um, with Joe Missoula. He <laughs> has never coached a game in his life. Um, he's only been a assistant for three years, I believe. He's actually younger than Al Horford. So um, 
I'm just a little worried he's he, that he could end up being in over his head. And I could be wrong. If he if he does well, he's going to get himself a head coaching job somewhere. If it's not, still he might end up just staying with the Celtics because I'm not sure Yudoka is actually going to end up coaching there again. But um, regardless, if he does well, he'll get a job somewhere. But I'm just worried that if he doesn't do well, then um, I'm not sure he'll have a big future just because potential for him to look way in over his head. But additionally, like I said, Robert Williams is going to miss a big chunk of the year. Um, could be months, honestly. And if that's the case, they're really thin in the front court, um, because especially with the Gallinari injury, injury. So they were going to be pretty deep there. But without both of them, Horford's going to probably play a lot of center. Um, their backup center is uh, <laughs> Cornette, um, who's not really a, a a true rotation guy in my opinion. Um, or they can do more small ball. I mean, they just signed Blake Griffin, but he looked very washed. Uh, towards the end of last season people are high on sam hauser but again he's never been a legit rotation guy in the past so um he might break out but we can't necessarily assume that he's going to take on a lot of that responsibility and then grant williams who um is is a good role player but i I don't think anyone projects him as being uh, sort of a star player and he's a bit undersized as well to play big man so they're going to be thin there um also I am not sure Smart is going to be able to... I don't know. I could be wrong. I've always been a Smart hater. I'll admit it. Um, He's just super inefficient. He's, I think, career under 40% from the field. And he's had more seasons shooting under 30% from three than he's had shooting over 35, which is normally about league average. So he, um, he takes bad shots and he doesn't make a lot of them. So I don't know. I could be wrong. Um... But I do think that Brogdon addition is going to be big for them. Like I think I personally think Brogdon is better than Smart um, overall. Definitely not defensively, but um, he's not a bad defender by any means, and he's um, very underrated playmaker. He's a very good shooter, very efficient, um, and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So, but on top of that, they, I mean, they were twenty five and twenty five in their first fifty games last year, so they. Got off to a slow start, um, and that's a huge sample size. So they got really hot at the end. I know they made the finals, but I think they probably would have lost if Middleton had played. So I'm not sure how real their um, success was last year. And um, I'm very willing to be wrong on this. If they come out and they're the two seed and they look like the favorite, then um, I will shut up. Um, And I think a lot of that will depend on just Tatum and Brown. If Tatum has an even better season from last year and Brown continues to progress, then... I'll, I'll probably end up being wrong if that's the case. They're going to be really, uh, really good players. So in terms of their ceiling, um, would I, be sh- I wouldn't be shocked if they made the finals again. Um, I still don't think this is a championship roster as currently constructed. I have, like I said, questions about their front court depth. Um, they obviously looked extremely um, – <laughs> they got really cold on offense down the stretch in the playoffs a lot. So I don't know if they – Brogdon will help that, but if, I don't know if Brogdon alone is enough to push them over the top. I also just think that uh, the West has a lot more firepower um, that they'll have going into the um, finals this year. So um, I don't think they're a championship uh, team as currently constructed, like I said, but I, I could see them getting back to the finals. In terms of their floor, I mean, I have them at the sixth seed. I, I kind of think this is their floor. I mean, I'm not I'm not going crazy on this. Like, 
I have them tied with the Heat at at 48 wins. So based on tiebreakers, they could be the five seed in this predi- in this prediction. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to make the finals. So if they were the one or two seed, wouldn't shock me. I kind of think this is their floor, six seed probably. Um, I don't think they're gonna make the the play in. And then uh, in terms of playoff results, I could see them losing first round. I mean, if they were the six seed like I have right here, they play the Bucks first round. I think the Bucks are better than them. So could I see them losing first round? Yeah, I could. Um, but overall, I think the Celtics are um, have a lot of question marks, but overall very talented and uh, obviously had a really good year last year. So next at number seven, uh, as the seventh seed in the East, I have the Atlanta Hawks. I have them going 46 and 36. Um, so they went 43 and 39 last year, so I have them a little bit of a bump up. Uh, they got off to a really bad start last year and were really bad defensively, though they were... One of the best offensive teams in the league. I think for a big portion of the year, they were actually the best offensive team in the league. But they really struggled on defense. We saw them make their conference finals run two years ago. And really the key to that run was they played the best defense that this core has ever played, really. Um, I think their offense was pretty consistent with that, what they had been doing, but um, they stepped up on that end. But their team, uh, as a, uh, compared to last year, they obviously... Big addition of DeJounte Murray at the all-star team last year. Average about 19, um, 9 and 9 uh, with Spurs. So that's going to be a big pickup for them. The only people they lost in that trade was um, Danilo Gallinari, so no one major. Um, they also traded Kevin Herter away um, for Justin Holiday. Um, so no major moves other than that. I do think Holiday is a bit of a downgrade. Um, from Herter. Um, and then they added Aaron Holiday as well. Um, and there's reports that Jalen Johnson is going to get more playing time this season, who was a rookie last year from Duke. Um, very talented player, but certainly uh, <laughs> a bit erratic at times. But overall, I think this team is pretty solid. Their, their starting five is going to be really good with Trey Young, uh, Murray, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Clint Capella. And then coming off the bench, uh, the two Holiday brothers, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who I think is currently injured, but I don't think he's going to miss a um, massive part of the season. And then Jalen Johnson, like I mentioned, uh, mentioned and um, Onyeka Okongwu, who has shown um, a ton of flashes to and potential to be really good. So reasons for optimism, Trey Young's really good. He's going to be a perennial all-star player for um, probably most of his career. And then... Adding Murray, it's uh should help defensively. Trey's one of the worst defensive players in the whole league. I mean, you could argue he's the worst. <laughs> um, but Murray is a really good defensive player, so he should be able to um, hopefully make up for some of those shortcomings. He's a lot, got a lot more size and length than Trey does um, and has been a good defender throughout his career. Um, additionally, DeAndre Hunter uh, was... Thought to maybe take a leap next year or last year, but ended up being injured for a large portion of the season. Um, he's healthy now, so that leap could come this year. Uh, like I said, in terms of their bench, Okongwu, uh, a lot of people are really high on him. I think he's going to be very solid. I would not be at all shocked if by the end of the season, um, Okongwu is sort of the guy over Capella. Um, I don't know if Capella might still start, but if Okongwu could be closing lineups and they could be looking to move Capella just based on his age and his contract and how cheap Okongwu is. But they're not going to ever play together just because they're both true centers. But uh, I do like Okongwu a lot. 
Um, and then Bogdanovich is one of the better six men in the league right now. And then they've got some... Um, the Holiday Twins are, are... Sorry, not twins. are The brothers are fine. Um, they're certainly not anything compared to Drew, their other brother, but they're fine. Um, Jalen Johnson, like I said, he's got a lot of talent. He's pretty turnover prone. Uh, he has questionable shot selection, but the talent is there. So if they can get him playing in the right system, I think he could be a useful um, contributing player to a winning team. Uh, but like I said, they did make the playoffs last year um, and the year before they were uh, the five seed and made the uh, Easter conference finals. So we've seen them have some success. They went uh, on the road last year in the play in and won. Uh, they beat the Cavaliers. So, Going into this year, I expect them to continue to be one of the best offensive teams. I think any team that's being um, led by Trey Young is just going to be a really good offensive team. And then adding Murray, who's probably the best player Trey Young's played with at this point, uh, is definitely going to help them, uh, particularly on the defensive end. Um, in terms of reasons for pessimism, I do have some level of pessimism with them. Uh, I think the Murray and, and Trey fit is. I don't know how it's going to go. I, I want to see it, but I don't I don't love the idea of Trey playing off ball. I think he's at his best when he has the ball in his hands. Um, but then Murray off ball, he's not a very good shooter, so they might be able to um, cheat off of him on the three-point line. Um, he's been mid to low 30s for most of his career from three. So we'll see. I, 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 I'm interested to see that dynamic. I don't know. I'm sure Trey's going to have the ball more than Murray will um, just because he's more of a true point guard. Um, but Murray did average eight, nine assists last year, so who knows? Um, and I could be totally wrong on that. They, they might wet mesh really well. I just think it, it might take some time when you see these top guards uh, play together for the first time. It usually takes a little bit of time, so I wouldn't be surprised if they got off to a slower start. Um, also, I think their bench is probably a little worse overall. I mean, Herder is probably... Uh, um, better player than Holiday, so that's a bit of a downgrade. And then losing Gallinari obviously hurts um, their bench. So their bench is probably not as good as it was. They're relying on more young players that are a little bit less proven. Um, so you never really know exactly what you're going to get out of them. Um, and then defensively, like I said, they haven't been good over the past few years, or at least not consistent. So I don't see why that would change majorly i think hunter playing more games will help and then murray being there will help with that as well but in terms of their ceiling i could i could see them being higher than this i could see them in the three four seed range if everything clicks um, but i think even with that they're probably a second round exit team at best i think that their conference finals round a few years ago was kind of a fluke i think more than them winning that series in the second round the sixers lost that series and i also think the knicks were one of the weaker four seeds we've had in the NBA in the past like um, five five or so years. So I think that that was an easier first round matchup than they would normally get if they were the five seeds. So um, yeah, I think further in second round would shock me a little bit. And then the floor, I mean, probably similar to last year, a little bit about 500, make the playing. Um, and then I think, I don't think they'll lose in the plan. I think they'd probably win. Uh, even if they did make it, even if they were the finishes like the ninth seed, I'd still think that they um, they've got the experience there. So, but yeah, playing team probably then losing first round would then be their floor. So next at eight we have the Toronto Raptors. I have them going fifth. Uh, sorry, forty five and thirty seven. Uh, last year they went forty eight and thirty four. 
Um, I don't necessarily think that they are um, worse overall, but I just think the East is tougher. Um, so I think that they're going to have more competition and um, it's going to be harder to win as many games as they did last year. But their roster looks pretty similar to last year. Um, they lost some of their guard depth. Um, they added Otto Porter Jr. But other other than that, they really just ran it back. They're starting five of Van Vliet, Gary Trent, um, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and Siakam was uh, one of the better five-man lineups in the whole league last year, and I, can, I expect it to continue to be. Um, their bench, their roster overall is interesting. They've got like, no, they've got, <laughs> other than Trent and Van Vliet, they don't have like any rotation players under 6'6". Um, and then they also don't really have anybody over, other than um, Boucher, like 6'10 or more. So um, <laughs> it's interesting. They are just wings, 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 which is where the NBA is headed, obviously. Um, they're kind of like a worse, lighter version of the um, Clippers like that. The Clippers are built uh, similarly with like one center and then a lot of wing players and then a few guards. But um, I'm a little worried for their guard depth. Um They've got Delano Banton as their backup point guard right now, who <laughs> is very unproven. Um, and other than him, they really don't have anybody. So um, if Van Vliet was to miss time, I would definitely be very concerned. They just, Gary Chant would probably have to play point guard. But even then, who are you putting in the starting lineup? Um, probably Otto Porter, but then you're starting a 6'8, six, 6'9 six, player at the two guard. So I don't know. I I just don't love their, their guard depth. Um, and I also don't love their big man depth that they did have to go bigger. They'd have to be playing um, Boucher or uh, Precious Achua. Um, while Achua did look very good last season, um, just expanding his offensive game, I'm not sure how, um, how equipped he is on defense to guard some of the bigger centers in the leagues. Um, but overall, I do like the Raptors. I think they're a fun team. Um, they're one of those interesting teams where they're, you could argue who they're – You'd probably have to say Siakam is their best player, but then you, there's an argument for four different guys for their second best player. Um, but I think Scotty Barnes is uh, probably going to come away after the season as the clear first or second best player this year. Probably second. I don't know if he'll surpass Siakam, but I know Van Vliet made the all-star team last year. I don't know if um, – I don't think he'll replicate that, but I think Barnes um, could be at the all-star level as we go into next year. He had a phenomenal rookie year, was very deserving rookie of the year last year. And yeah, I think he's better than anyone thought. I get big uh, old Sean Marion vibes out of him. Um, just super long, athletic, um, good uh, handling the ball. Can shoot a little bit. It's on his strength, but um, I think he can develop his game there. Good in transition. Good defender as well. So I've been really impressed with uh, Barnes thus far. Uh, but this team was the five seed last year. Um, they came on really strong at the end after struggling early in the year. So in terms of their ceiling, um, I could see them in that four or five seed range again. I think any higher than f that is probably pushing it. I don't know if they are got top three seed. No, I even think four is pushing a little bit. So probably five or six is where I see their ceiling. Um, I think they're a fun team, but I think overall they uh, don't have the star power as a lot of the teams ahead of them. Um, in terms of in the playoffs, I don't see them uh, winning a playoff series this year. So I'm going to say a, a hard-fought first-round exit as their ceiling. And then in terms of their floor, um, they could make the play-in and 
um, even potentially losing the plan. But I, I don't expect that. So I would say a, a more realistic floor is just um, being in the plan, which I have them here at the eight seed, and then um, winning their playing game before losing first round. So next at the nine seed, I have the New York Knicks um, at 40 and 42. They went 37 and 45 last year, were one of the bigger disappointments in the league, though I don't think it was a surprising disappointment after they had pretty much majorly overperformed the year before, which um, I've said this before, but sometimes that can be deadly when you um, overperform too early. It tricks you into thinking that you're better than you are, and then you run it back or go all in on things that you shouldn't win, um, which I think probably, I'm not saying the Knicks did that. It's not like they really went all in on anything last year, but uh, their team this year versus last year, they added Jalen Brunson, which was one of the bigger free agent additions uh, in the offseason this year. Uh, other than that, no major additions. They signed Isaiah Hartenstein, who uh, I think was one of the more underrated signings of any uh, free agent this year. But I think they're going to rely a lot on internal development and improvement. Um, and that's one of the reasons they've got uh, op- uh, reasons for optimism for this year. Quentin Grimes looked great in Summer League, uh, looked pretty good in um, preseason as well. People were very high on him. He had some very bright spots as a rookie last year. I think he's going to be a very solid player. He's got um, potential to be a good defender, um, a good shooter. Uh, we, he's athletic. He's got size. So I think he's going to be a very solid player in the league. Um, Obi Toppin as well is one of those guys that they are very excited for. He also showed flashes towards the end of last year. We saw him look impressive during the summer league as well. So um, I could see Obi Topping having a, a very solid uh, year and improving a lot from last year as he gets more and more playing time. I'd like to see him develop his three-point shot a little bit more consistently, but um, he's super athletic, and I like the explosiveness he has on offense. So, um, Also, they obviously re-signed Barrett to an extension. I think the biggest key to this team is going to be Barrett. I think if they run it back with Julius Randle as the first option, they are headed for um, continuous mediocrity, similarly to what they had last year. I think the best way for this team to thrive is if Randle takes a little bit of a step back and then Barrett can um, show what he has. Um, And if that's not good enough, then at least you know. But I think that uh, kind of taking the leash off him a little bit would be good for this team. And then they've got other... Um, decent role guys with Evan Fournier, Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel Quickly, Derek Rose, um, and Hartenstein, like I said, which I really did like the Hartenstein pickup. So they've got a very solid uh, top 10 guys. I think their bench is going to be really fun this year. Um, I know that's kind of was one of the keys to this, their success two years ago when they um, were the, the four seed. Their bench was, I think, one of the best in the league, and I think their starters are one of the worst. But um, I will... I hope they switch up the rotation a little bit by the, by the end of the year. I would like to see Grimes maybe take over for Fournier. And I, um, <laughs> a lot of you know I'm a big Julius Randle hater, so um, I wouldn't mind if they moved him and gave Toppin a little bit more run with that first group. So, um, reasons for pessimism: they're just not as talented as the eight teams I named ahead of them. It's just is what it is. I also like. I'm not sure about Thibodeau. Um, I think he's got a tendency to start off strong with teams and then grow stale. So who knows? 
Um, wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the earlier coaches fired, but we'll see. Um, I, I don't have them being that bad, obviously. Uh, 40 and 42 is actually above their uh, over-under win total. So I actually kind of like this team. I like it better than the team last year. I think Brunson is good, but not great. But he's a lot better than what they've had a point guard over the last few years. With uh, <laughs> It's hard to get any worse than Alfred Payton and Alec Burks and um, washed Kemba Walker and whatnot. So in terms of their ceiling... Would I be totally, totally shocked if they made the plan and then stuck in the playoffs? No. So I think I would say their ceiling is making the playoffs via the plan. I think they have no chance of being a top six seed. But um, for their floor, I mean, they certainly could miss the plan altogether. That's what they did last year. Um, I think they were the uh, uh, 11 seed. So that certainly could happen again. Um, I think this is a big year for them if they struggle again then i think they're gonna mix some things up for sure i think randall probably uh, will be gone fournier will probably be gone i wouldn't be surprised if they move brunson if they can get a star um, to replace him and then they've got a lot of young guys and picks to deal as well so uh, but overall I, I i like the knicks sort of but i don't love them i just think that they're limited talent wise compared to the teams above them so at the 10 seed uh last team making the play in um Pretty decent drop-off in wins here at 35 and 47. I have a surprise team, the Orlando Magic. Um, you all know I've been probably the biggest Paolo Bancaro stan uh, <laughs> of anyone who uh, does an NBA podcast. But, yep, yeah, I'm high on him. Um, but not just him. I'm also a big... Uh, I think Franz Wagner could have a really good year this year. He played uh, very well in the Eurobasket over the summer. Um, looked good he shot the ball well he had one game with over 30 points um i wouldn't be surprised if he took a big leap i think he has a real good chance to uh be in the running for most improved player this year i also think this team just has a lot of depth they've got 10 to 12 guys that are really solid i mean i think their starters are probably going to be cole anthony jalen suggs friends wagner uh ben Caro, and then wendell carter but then off the bench, um, they have Marco Fultz, who I know is injured right now, but I anticipate him playing at some point. Gary Harris, who I think is also injured, but I, he will be back at some point. Terrence Ross. They have R.J. Hampton. They've got I, uh, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Caleb Houston. Um, they've got like 12 guys that I think could be legit rotation players, which is uh, pretty rare for a team that is uh, projected to be one of the worst in the league, which is why I actually think they're going to be a little better. Um just because they've got a lot of NBA players on their team. Um, and then I think with Paolo, they finally have that um, upside um, player with star, all-star type potential. Um, if you heard on my um, unpopular opinion pods, I said that I think Paolo um, has a chance to make the all-star team. Um, and I think part of what will allow that to potentially happen is that the magic are a little better than people expect. I have them at 35 and 47. So that's not a, <laughs> a crazy win total. It's a pretty big bump, bump up from last year. They won 22 games that were last in the East, but regardless, that is um, pretty far six games out of being um, 500 um, and 12 games under 500 overall. So um I've gone over a lot of reasons for optimism. I think they've got a lot of interesting young players that can be good, um, not only in the long term, but right now. 
reasons for pessimism. They've got some injured guys. Fultz is hurt. Harris is hurt. Jonathan Isaac feels like he's been hurt for um, his whole career. But they're also just really young. Cole Anthony was um, good to start the year last year and just really bad down the stretch last year. Jalen Suggs had an awful rookie year. So their guards are... They've got talent, but there's... From what we've seen from them, they haven't been very good. So bad guard play normally does not lead to a lot of wins. So I'm kind of banking on at least one of Anthony or Suggs to step up or Fultz to come back and be um, a good player for them as well. But I also think they've got some pieces they can trade with Harris and Ross if they want to add some guys. They've got all their picks if they feel like they're ready to win now. But, um, yeah, I like their talent. Um, They're young. Uh, in terms of their ceiling, I think this is their ceiling. I'm like putting them at their ceiling. I mean, there's just no way they make the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, and I don't think they would win in the play-in by any means. So I think just barely sneaking into the play-in would be their ceiling. Um, and then their floor, I mean, I could be way off and they could be one of the worst teams in the league. I don't think they're going to compete for like the worst record in the league, but I wouldn't be surprised if they are 13, 14 seed, top five like fifth or sixth pick in the draft next year. So, yeah. But I do like them overall, um, as has been clearly stated on many of my podcasts. Okay, so we are now out of the plan. The 11 through 15 seeds are all teams that will be in the lottery no matter what. Um, so I do have a, actually a surprise team here at 11 that I'll go a little bit more into. But after that, I'm going to keep it relatively short with these teams just because um, they are uh, projected to be... Um, not as good as uh, the teams I mentioned, so I'll, I'll save you some time. But I have the Bulls at the 11 seed at 34 and 48. This is definitely um, a lot lower than a lot of people have them. It's about um, seven and a half games below their over and under. Uh, last year they won 46 games, so this would be a 12 game drop, and they were the um, sixth seed. They avoided the play in. So I have a lot of concerns for them, though, going into this year. Um, Lonzo Ball is out, and it appears that he's not going to be back anytime soon. I think he's extremely important to what they do. And if you look at their record with and without him last year, he um, was a very important. They were right about at 500 when he did not play, and I believe they went 22-13 and 13 when he did play. So um, the numbers don't lie there. They were significantly worse without him. And we honestly have no idea when he's coming back. So that's concerning. Um, I will say that I like their guard depth. It's, it's one of the better... Um, rotations at the guard position in the whole league. I mean, they bring back Alex Caruso, who played very well for them last year, and we've seen him be a major contributor on a championship team. Ayo Jasumu had a very good uh, rookie year. looks like one of the steals of the draft last year. Um, Very good defender, shot the ball a little bit better than people expected, um, and I anticipate him um, to continue to improve. And then they actually did sign Goran Dragic as well. I'm not sure how good Dragic is at this point, though. He's he's quite old, and he was really bad with the Nets last year, shooting sub-40% from the field and sub-30 from three. So, um, yeah, he might end up not playing much. He also is just very bad on defense at this point. But obviously they do have Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic, three guys that have made all-star teams in the last two or three years. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is coming off arguably his best season that he's ever had. Uh, Zach Levine, uh, you could honestly say the same. He made the all-star team last year uh, as well. 
Uh, and then Vucevic had a little bit of a down year, but that's more of a probably more of a role uh, thing than anything. But um, their bench, they added Andre Drummond as well, but for the most part, bring uh, everyone back with Derek Jones Jr., um, Javante Green, uh, Caruso, like I mentioned, and then Kobe White, among others. So they do get Patrick Williams back for uh, hopefully the full season this year. He did play towards the end of last year, but was injured for the majority of the season. He's looked pretty good. He shot the ball well. He seems like a good defender so far in his career, but it's been a small sample size, so I'm interested to see him um, over the span of an entire season when he's uh, got a little bit more experience under his belt. Um, reasons for optimism, they should be able to score the ball pretty well. Uh, with Levine and DeRozan, you've got two guys that can go get you a bucket, as well as Vucevic, who's one of the better uh, paint scorers, back-to-the-basket guys in the league. Like I said, they do have a lot of wing or a lot of guard depth that I like, and then they've got um, Patrick Williams coming back, who should help. But for reasons for pessimism, I'm extremely concerned for this team on defense. Um, Lonzo Ball is a part of that. Him being out is another reason, but... Uh, Levine and DeRozan um, are not good defenders at this point in their careers. Levine never really was, but DeRozan's um, definitely declining there. He's already th- 33 years old. So, And then Vucevic is definitely declining there as well. He's getting up there in age. Um, Vucevic also uh, shot very poorly from three. I think it was his lowest three-point percentage since he's, since he's like been shooting three-pointers full-time. Um and then their bench doesn't have a ton of D either. I mean, they've got Drummond as their backup center, who we've seen just be a huge liability um, getting switched on to guards. Derek Jones Jr. is not really um, – he's an average defender. He's fine, but he's no one's calling him a stopper, and he's a total zero on offense as well. Um, and then Caruso is a good defender. Desumu is a good defender, but they're both kind of point guard size, so I don't know how – it's not like they were going to be able to guard like the top wing scorer on every team. And I don't really know who is. Probably Patrick Williams, but – um, like I said, I want to see a little bit more of a sample size from him. Um, and yeah, overall, I'm just a little worried that DeRozan's going to be able to replicate his season. Um, Vucevic is, appears to be a little bit on the decline. They're missing Lonzo Ball. They're going to be not good defensively. And also, the East got a lot better. And last year, they were atrocious against the top teams. They had, a, I believe, 2-21 and record versus top four seeds in either conference. So... There's only going to be better teams now, so unless they can enhance that um, record by or significantly, then um, I think they're they're going to be a lot worse than people think. So their ceiling, do I think they could make the playoffs? Sure, um, I think they could make a they they would have to be in the play, and I'd say seven or eight seed, and then win that and get in, but they would lose first round pretty easily, like they did last year. Um, their floor, probably this. I think I have them at their floor. I'd be pretty shocked if they finished below this, barring injuries. But, um, yeah, I think their floor is just they're bad defensively and they, they can't overcome it. They've got injuries, and so um, they finish in the mid-30s and wins. Okay, so next at 12, we've got the Washington Wizards. I have them with the same record as the Bulls, 34-48. and 48. Um, In terms of their roster, they traded for Monte Morris. And Will Barton, um, they gave up Ish Smith and um, Kentavious Caldwell Pope in that trade. They bring back Kuzma and Beal in the starting lineup as well as a full season with Kristaps Porzingis. Um, they've got some interesting bench pieces with Delon Wright, Corey Kispert, Denny Avdia, um, Ruri Hachimura, and then Daniel Gafford. Um, reasons for optimism: they they've got a pretty good like they've got 
nine, eight, nine solid guys. Um, they're interesting. Um, Beal should be hopefully healthy this season. Um, he had a down year last year, I know. Porzingis um, could have more of an expanded role without Luka on the team. And then I really liked where I saw to Kuzma last year. I think Barton is a very solid player. Monte Morris is a better point guard than anyone they've had um, over the last few years. Obviously, Dinwiddie's probably a better player, but was clearly a bad fit with this team. Um, in terms of reasons for pessimism, I mean, I think they're going to really struggle to defend. Beal's a bad defender. Porzingis is not what he used to be there. Um, Hachimura's not f- great there. Avdia as well. Kispert's not good. Uh, Monte Morris is, is, is fine, but... Um, also, I just don't love the fit. I'm not a Beal guy. I think Beal can't be your best player if you want to be a playoff team or at least a consistent playoff team. Porzingis has also been one of those guys that like you trade for him and your team doesn't get any better, really, even though he's putting up some stats. He takes kind of bad shots, um, spends too much time out on the perimeter. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't hate a ton about the Wizards. I don't like a ton about the Wizards, but I think they're just super mediocre team. Um, which is not where you want to be in the league right now. I think the, the best move would probably be to um, end up training some guys and blowing it up a little bit. But their ceiling, probably they could sneak into the play-in but lose in the play-in. I don't think they um, would make uh, the playoffs uh, and at all. I just think that there's um, nine or ten teams that are definitely better than them. But I could see them making the play-in and losing. Um, their floor... I think if they had some injuries, they could be really bad. I mean, they won 35 games last year, which is right where I have them about. But um, if Beal missed time or Porzingis or something, they might start resting guys and tanking a little bit, which I could see. So probably would be the better move for them. But um, I think that'll just depend on if they play poorly and if they have guys that miss time uh, more organically that they can use as an excuse to rest other guys. So next at 13, we've got the Detroit Pistons at 29 and 53. Um, I do like this team. I think it'll be fun. I just think the East is a little too tough. Um, So I I don't have them um, taking that leap quite yet. I'm a big Kate Cunningham fan. I think he's going to end up being an all-star. If we did a redraft of that draft, I I personally still would take him first, um, despite a lot of promising play out of Mobley and Scotty Barnes and Wagner and a couple other guys. Um, I thought Bogdanovich was a little bit of a weird addition at first, but I actually think he's going to be good for Cade, just giving him some shooters and uh, spacing the floor. Good veteran. He's been in the playoffs a good bit. So, um, like I said, I do think it'll be good for them. I actually don't mind their bench. I loved the draft pick of Jalen Duran. He'll probably come off the bench after Isaiah Stewart, but I think he'll be a very solid player. Marvin Bagley, um, Obviously, at this point, you'd have to say he's a bust, though. He has actually played pretty well when he's played. He's just been really injured, and he actually just got injured again. So um, I, we won't get to see him um, super soon. But um, like I said, he he hasn't been terrible when he's played. Um, I like Alec Burks as a, a veteran guy off the bench with this team. And then Killian Hayes has been mostly a um, disappointment and I'm not sure we've seen enough to expect anything different out of him at this point. But Jaden Ivey should be interesting. Um I, I thought it was a steal for them to get him at five, though I'm not entirely sure. I, I don't, I'm not sold on him being like an all-star level player, but I think he'll be a good player. He's looked very good in preseason, and um, so I anticipate him being a good contributor. And then Sadiq Pei, his efficiency went down some last year, but overall he was um, he he had some promise. He he hasn't shot the ball the ball as well as 
Um, he was advertised, but he's shown flashes of a little bit more shot creation than I would have expected. But uh, for this ceiling, I I wouldn't be totally shocked. I know I had the magic sneaking into the plan. My other option for that was the Pistons, so I I could see them sneaking into the like the ten seed and losing in the plan. But anything beyond that, I I don't see happening. I think no chance in the playoffs. I mean, I only have them winning twenty nine games, so um, their floor they could. If a lot of their young guys struggle and they um, start being incentivized to lose, I could see them being towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So their floor is pretty low overall. At the 14 seed, I have the Charlotte Hornets at 26 and 56. Um, this is quite a drop off. They actually won 43 games last year. Um, I wasn't going to have them this low initially. But LaMelo Ball did just get hurt. Um, he hurt his ankle, so he's probably going to miss the start of the season. They also do not have Miles Bridges after he had his um, domestic abuse case. And I I actually don't – I'd be shocked if he played again in the NBA. I know that that might go get by in the NFL, but um, I think the NBA is a little bit more progressive and teams will probably want to stay away from him. So that's pretty much their two best players from last year. Um Bridges probably out for the whole year and then, uh, or forever potentially, and then Ball's going to miss the start of the year. They do have Gordon Hayward and Rozier um, as their other top players, but Gordon Hayward is literally always uh, injured. I'd be shocked if he played 60 games this year. He just he's maxes out at 50, 55 most seasons, and then Rozier is what he is. He's um, point guard size, but plays like a shooting guard, so bad defender, good can score the ball, but he's inconsistent. So, um, Other than that, they don't have a lot of promise. I, I do like P.J. Washington, but um, it'll be, yeah, I'll, I'm excited to see him in a more of an expanded role this year. I think he can be a good uh, floor stretcher at the four. Um, he's a little undersized, but I think he's got the strength to be able to defend, defend bigger players. They've got a lot of unknowns on their bench. Mark Williams is a rookie. James Booknight basically did absolutely nothing last year, so we'll see if he's able to contribute even remotely. Um, Cody Martin is probably nothing more than a role player. Kelly Oubre is fine sixth man, but he's uh, sporadic at times, take bad shots, not a great shooter, average defender sometimes, but Jalen McDaniel is also fine. But the point is, uh, without Bridges, and if Ball misses time, and Hayward's probably going to miss time, I think they're going to get off to a really slow start without ball, like really slow. And I think that at that point, I I think they'll have a similar year to the Pacers last year. The Pacers were had playoff hopes, and then they got off to a really slow start because of some injuries. And then they kind of were like, well, now that we're already kind of down in the bottom of the standings, we might as well just stay here to get a good pick. So I honestly think that the Hornets are going to try to lose once they get off to a bad start, which is the only reason I have them this low. Like the Pacers won only 25 games last year after being picked by most to make the playoffs. Um, and then this year I have the Hornets winning 26, so one more than that. But um, I think overall the East is really tough, so I, I think they're going to fall back. Even if they don't end up doing that, I don't see them being above 500. Um, their ceiling probably in the 11-12 seed range um, and missing the play-in. And then the floor is probably this, like being way worse than we expect and actually competing potentially for one of the top picks in the draft, which given their what the team they have right now, I actually think is probably the better route for them. 
And then lastly, 15th in the East, we have the Indiana Pacers at 20 and 62. Um, yeah, they, they're really on team. They've got Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, but I do not think those guys are going to finish the year on the team. I think they definitely will trade those guys for picks, um, whether that be for Westbrook with the Lakers um, or someone else. I think if they did acquire Westbrook, he probably wouldn't actually play for them. They might either sit him out or try to buy out or we'll see what they would do. But they've got some young, promising guys. Tyrus Halliburton looked uh, really good. Not only last year, but his rookie year. I think he's going to be a very good player for uh, a long, long time. Uh, Chris Duarte uh, showed some flashes as a scoring threat in his rookie season, though he is a little older considering he's only a second-year player. I think he's turning 25 this year. Um, I'm a big Benedict Matherin fan. I think he could be the steal of the draft. I think he's going to be... Um, he's got star potential. Um, I hope he gets enough playing time to be able to show that this year. But given... Uh, how bad they're likely to be, I think he probably will. Um, they've got other pieces, Aaron Neesmith, O'Shea Brissett, um, veterans like uh, TJ McCall, uh, McConnell, Daniel T- Tice, and then Jalen Smith, who they acquired from the Suns last year. So, um, Good young players, but they're probably best for them in the tank. Their ceiling is probably 14-13 seed. Maybe they're a little bit better, can uh, compete. For some of the year for the plan, but eventually fall off. I don't, I don't think that they're going to be anything more than that. And then their floor is worst record in the league. They're certainly uh, capable of doing that. So, um, And I would imagine that they would probably enjoy that. Cool. So that is my uh, predictions for the Eastern standings in terms of the playoffs. I'm going to go through the um, each round. Um, first round, uh, Sixers versus Raptors. I got the Sixers pretty easily over them. I know they beat them relatively handily last year, even though they were undermanned for part of that. Um, then we've got Nets and Hawks. I think that uh, the Nets would knock off the Hawks there. Then Bucks versus Celtics. Um, I think the Bucks would beat the Celtics, though I think the Celtics will be a very tough out. Um, and I think they uh, would probably win a first-round series if they were playing um, most other teams. But... And then first round with Cavaliers and Heat. Um, this is really tough. Kind of a toss-up. I'm going to go Cavs, but I think it's gonna it would go seven. Because um, I think the Heat are a little on the, the decline, but they've got the playoff experience. And then the Cavs are on the rise, but they don't have the experience. But I'm going to go with the Cavs. I think they've got more talent overall. Um, second round, Sixers, uh, Cavaliers. I've got the Sixers beating the Cavaliers pretty handily. I think that's where the Cavaliers kind of realize that they're a little in over their head based on their age and experience. Second round, Bucks nets uh, I think this would be a phenomenal series similar to the one we saw two years ago against these two teams. Um, I'm going to pick the Bucks over the Nets um, just because I think Giannis is uh, just too good. And I don't know who... Simmons can try to guard him, but other than him, they don't really have any bodies that they can successfully throw at him. So at this point, Middleton will be back and healthy, and um, I think the Bucks will knock off the Nets. Then in the conference finals, we have Sixers-Bucks. I know Sixers finally reached the conference finals here, but I think that is where their journey ends, although I do have them as the best record. I think that the Bucks are probably a better team, at least more well-suited to succeed in the playoffs. Um, just given the um, history of Harden and even Embiid to an extent of struggling uh, in the bigger moments in the playoffs. So I will pick the Bucks over the 76ers to make the finals. Um, and then as you heard on my last pod, I had the Clippers making the finals um, from the West. So in terms of my finals prediction, I'm going to go Bucks over Clippers. 
Um, I think it'll be a fun series, uh, Kawhi versus Giannis, um, with Giannis winning the finals MVP, the second of his career to go along with his two regular season MVPs. Thank you so much for listening to my predictions for both the East and the West. Um, would love to hear any feedback from anyone on uh, what you think. Uh, which teams that I have too low, which teams that I have too high. Is my finals pick accurate? Um, and obviously as the year goes on, I will uh, come back to these picks and fully admit on where I was wrong. And I will definitely be bragging on where I was right. I'm sure there will be a good bit of both of those. So uh, we got the season starting just in a few days, which I could not be more excited for. Um, I'll definitely have some early season coverage on um, what stands out to me early in the season um, shortly after that that kicks off thanks again for listening and i will chat with you soon